Good morning, Radiate. What's going on? Hope you're doing awesome. Listen, I am so glad that you are with us today for our online experience. Last week, we started our new series, Lies We've Been Told. Uh, what a powerful week it was. Hopefully, you joined us for our midweek conversation this past Wednesday on that. This week, we're going into week two of it, and I heard so many people talk about how, how much they loved riding around with me. I don't know why, but you did, and that's awesome. So what I want to do is I want to go on another field trip today, and so we're going to buckle up, we're going to get in, we're going for a ride, and we're going to talk about this week, a kill, joy, God, and the misconception that we can believe of that. Man, I'm so excited. Let's get going. So, Radiate, we are here. We have made it to our field trip destination today. So, here's where we're at, right? We're at a basketball court. I grew up playing basketball. This is at the church I grew up at. And, uh, man, growing up my whole life, I played basketball out here. Um, there used to be a tennis court out here as well, or tennis net, played tennis, like all that stuff. I'd come out here every day of the week for a long time with friends as a teenager and play basketball. Basketball was... Uh, my sport that I played the more than anything else here's but here's why we're here right so in basketball and really with any sport there's there's rules there's regulations there's guidelines right that we need to follow uh, as we play the sport so football pass interference all those rules right basketball you can't foul there's lines that you can't go back court you can't go outside of the out of bounds lines you know like you can't stand three seconds in the lane there's a lot of rules a lot of regulations in this sport well the whole reason that you have those you don't argue the rules you don't argue the heart of the rules you just take them and you go all right i'm gonna play within the rules and the reason is is because the rules are there to enhance the experience of the game to make the game better to make the game fun to make the game more safe right well a lot of us we have this mentality this misconception about god sometimes that god is a killjoy god because there's parameters there's rules, there's guidelines, there's regulations that God places on us, right? As we read the Bible and we draw closer to Him. And so I want to talk today about the fact that the parameters God puts on us is to allow us and help us enjoy the game even more, the game of life, the, the journey of life, the journey of reaching people for the Father. Here's the other thing about basketball. So the younger I was, my kids are playing basketball now, my eight-year-old and my six-year-old, well, not right now, but he's, they're playing basketball at this age, right? And they don't fully understand all the rules. Well, when I was younger, I didn't understand all the rules. I didn't get them. I didn't like them. I didn't understand them. But here's the truth. The older I got, the more that I learned about the sport, the more I loved the sport, the more I understood the rules and the parameters that were in place. And I understood why we needed to abide by that. Man, that's a lot like a spiritual journey. When we're younger in the faith and we're younger in Jesus, sometimes we just don't understand the rules. We don't get the rules. We don't know why they're there. We don't even know what they're doing to enhance. Like, why would God tell us not to gossip? Gossip's not that big of a deal. We're just spreading news. No, you're probably hurting somebody's reputation. You know, there, there's things within us to where the, the more we grow, the more we're in the journey, the more we love the game of life and we love the game of, of, of living for God and with God, right? Then we understand that they're there to help us, 
right? And, and sometimes we can argue the rules and regulations. For instance, my kids don't always like the rules. Uh, every relationship has parameters to it. For instance, uh, my kids, right? I just said they don't always like the rules. They don't always like the parameters. Well, they don't always get it. They don't understand why they can't eat Hershey Kisses and Skittles for, lunch, or I mean, for breakfast every day and stay up till midnight. They don't understand that. Why? Because they're young. They're in this thing and I'm their dad. I'm their father. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be safe, right? I want them to be smart. I want them to be good. I want them to have good discipline and hygiene in their life. So there's certain things I keep them away from, right? They don't understand why they can't just haul off and hit each other when they get mad at each other. Like, that's not civility. That's not what we do. And here's why. There's honor and there's love for one another. Here's the truth, guys. Listen to me. Like, we argue sometimes the parameters of the relationship that God has for us. Well, can I have a beer with dinner or can I not? Can I have sex with my girlfriend before marriage or can I not? Sometimes we're asking the wrong question. Can you? Sure, you can do. Paul says, you can do whatever you want to do. The question is, can I? The question is, should I? Because here's the truth. God is more concerned with your influence than he is your comfort. Please hear me on that. He's more concerned with your influence than he is your comfort. See, all of us have two callings. We have a personal calling and we have a universal calling. A personal calling is developed by the gifts and the abilities that God has put within us, right? So for some of you, uh, it's worship. Pastor Chris is doing an amazing job with their worship team and, and an incredible job with the production and the creative uh, department during all of this uh, uncertain time, right? Well, that's his gift. That's part of his personal calling. But we all have a universal calling. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, Jesus says this, Go therefore in all the world, making disciples, teaching them to obey all that I command, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I will be with you even to the end of the age. That, hear me, is all of our, if we love Jesus and we've given our life to Jesus, that's our universal call. Well, in order to do that, we have to have influence. Influence is expensive. Influence means we stay away from things that we shouldn't. It's not about God trying to kill your joy when he says you probably shouldn't have sex outside of marriage. It's not about that. It's about going, no, I want to bless your marriage so much. I don't want you to do things outside of marriage that may hurt it. When he says, hey, don't get drunk with wine, get drunk in the spirit. Here's what he's saying. I don't want you to make a short-term decision whenever you're out of your mind because you're intoxicated on something man-made that has long-term results. I'd rather you be uh, 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 enveloped and engulfed in the power and the spirit of God. Now, we may not understand that when we're younger in our faith, but the more we grow up, the more the elementary, and here's a great thing, like the older my kids get, the more the parameters change. Why? Because I trust them with more. They have more discipline. They have more understanding. They have more love. They have my heart. The more we get God's heart, the more we grow with Him, the more He goes, I trust you to make the right decision in this. I trust you to do the right thing here. I and it's this trust factor. Now, in the Bible, we, we can get, if we're not careful, this idea that God's a killjoy God and religion takes place. And in the Old Testament, there's this thing called the law, right? And the law, it, it turns into this checklist that we have to complete in order to show that we really love God. Now, there's some bad news about religion that I need to tell you right off the beginning. The bad news about religion is this. Religion will cause us to focus on the external and ignore the internal. Let me say that again. It'll cause us to focus on the external and ignore the internal. 
Here's what I mean. In, in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the super spiritual, super religious people, right? And he calls them hypocrites. And he says, you hypocrites, why are you focused on cleaning the outside of the cup while the inside of the cup is disgustingly dirty? Here's what you should do instead. You should clean the inside and let the outside take care of itself. Here's essentially what Jesus is saying. Stop worrying about what everybody thinks about you. Stop worrying about how high you lift your hands so somebody thinks that you worship more than they do. Stop worrying about how loud you pray so somebody knows that you have a prayer language they don't. Stop worrying about that stuff and just focus on the heart you have for God because when you have the heart for God, you understand that the guidelines of the game of life, the guidelines in the journey of spiritual development with God is there to help us. John chapter 10, verse 10, we're going to go to it again later, is Jesus said, I came to give life and life more abundantly, life to the fullest. Sometimes there's parameters to help us get into that. Jesus says, stop focusing on what you're doing more than who you're becoming. I want you, religion causes us to focus on polishing the outside so everybody else thinks we're good when on the inside it's just full of dirt and grease and mess and nasty and it all, what's on the inside always, hear me, always comes out. In uh, the Old Testament, before the prophet Ezra and all this, then God writes the law, right? And it's certain sacrifices and things to make themselves and redeem themselves to the Lord because this is before Jesus. Well, then the prophet Ezra comes and goes and the religious leaders start begin to see people taking advantage of God and His power and His might and all this stuff. And the religious leaders get together, hear this, and they add 600 new laws to the law of God. 600! And we think we got it tough whenever we go to Buffalo Wild Wings and have to say no to a blue moon or five of them. Like, you know, like that's the thing, like, or whatever the decision is, right? And, and, and 600 laws. And it is insane and it's crazy. And Jesus actually makes a statement whenever he's coming along, he, he makes a statement and he says, the religious laws have added, have, have added burden and weight to you that you can't carry. That is what religion does. Religion adds burden and religion adds weight. Now, I want to tell you that's the bad news about religion, but there's good news about Jesus, right? The first one is this. I want you to write this down. The good news about Jesus is we cannot earn God's love. That's good news. That's good news because I want you to hear me today. I don't know about you, but following 600 laws is going to be really hard for me. And here's how I know it's hard for us. Driving here and you're driving wherever you drove today, uh, this week to work or to get something to eat or whatever, hear me, you probably broke the speed limit, right? Like it just happens. We can't even obey the speed limit yet, much less 600 laws, right? We can't earn God's love. I, I love that we can't earn God's love. In fact, in Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, it stated this. It says that no one is made righteous, no one is redeemed through the works. I want, I want, to, I want to illustrate that for you real quick. So in life, there's a gap. There's a gap between God and us. God and man, right? So God is over here and He's holy and He's just and He's righteous and He's large and He's all-knowing and omniscient and omnipotent. He's everywhere at all times. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's all these things in one, right? And then there's us. And, and, and we're good people. You know, human, humankind is great, but we're not God. 
And God is going, I need to bridge this gap. Now, here's what we do, because we know we want to get over here to God. We want to be with our Father. We, there's, a, there's a longing deep down on the inside of us that wants us to be connected with God. There's a hole that has to be filled, and it's only filled by God. And so internally, we know that. And so what we turn to is works. And so we try to fill the gap of God and us with good works. And if we fill it enough, it's like a hole that you're putting dirt in. When you fill it enough, it levels out from one ledge to the other ledge and you can just walk straight across. Can I just tell you, we can't earn God's love. There's not enough human works in the world to bridge that gap. There's not enough human works in the world to bridge that, 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 that cavern that is there that separates us from God. There's not enough good works in the world. And, and that's a good thing because you can't earn what's freely given. God loves you no matter what. My kids, I love my kids no matter what. They don't have to wake up in the morning and go, I wonder what I need to do to make my daddy love me. I love them. If they wake up crying, I love them. If they wake up screaming, I love them. I may look at them and go, hey, listen, you got to chill out before we all lose it. But I love them. And sometimes God looks at us and goes, hey, you got to chill out on drinking so much. Hey, you got to chill out on looking at that stuff on the internet. Hey, you got to chill out from those thoughts and saying those things and doing those things. Like, you got to chill out on that. I love you, but you got to chill out because there's parameters to make this life so good. We can't earn, hear me, God's love. We can't earn it. You can't earn it. And that is a good thing because of this. God, us, gap. The cross is the perfect shape to bridge the gap. There's a vertical beam and there's a horizontal beam. And that horizontal beam is perfectly shaped to go from this ledge to this ledge so that we can walk straight across on the cross of Jesus. We cannot earn God's love. I want to set somebody free today. You've lived your life being a great moralistic person. And I want to commend you for that. And that is amazing. But morals do not get us into heaven. Morals are a byproduct of our relationship with God. We do good things for people and for God simply because He does great things for us. Because we love Him and we're grateful. It's worship. I want, to hear, I want you to hear me today. You can't earn God's love because He's freely given it. Can't earn God's love, number one. Number two is this. We all need a Savior. Man, that is some good news about Jesus. We all need a Savior. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says this, For we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If I were to take a basketball right now and shoot a hoop, it would fall short. I haven't played basketball in a long time. Air ball, whatever, right? We all fall short. I know you're sitting there today and going back on the moralistic behaviors. You may be saying, oh man, I'm, I'm good. I don't cheat people. I'm good to people, all this stuff. And that's great. But everyone falls short of the glory of God. Everyone sins. Here's what sin is. Like, I think we've taken the word sin and made it something that it kind of is and kind of isn't, right? So when we hear the word sin, we think, oh, that's something I did wrong. Ah, kind of. Here's what sin is. Sin is actually an archery term. And so sin is you're shooting for a mark. So remember I said earlier that God has a purpose for your life, a universal and individual purpose for your life, right? We have some purpose, and so let's make that the bullseye, right? So you're shooting for the bullseye right in the center. And let's say that day you lived your life and you kind of came over on this side. You missed the mark, right? You missed the purpose. The distance between the intended destination 
and the actual place is called the sin. It's the distance of how far you missed the mark. Here's what I want you to know. We're all going to miss the mark. Maybe today you're doing great. You're not going to miss the mark at all, right? Maybe tomorrow you miss the mark by a lot. Maybe this past week or this past month since you've been homeschooling, you're like, I have not hit the mark one single time. Guess what? We, we all fall in that. No matter if you're the richest person or the poorest person, no matter if you're the president or if you're a janitor, no matter if you're unemployed or uh, own your own business, no matter if you live in a mansion or you're homeless, no matter what happens, I want you to hear me, we all need a Savior. The ground is level at the cross. Everyone needs a Savior. And Jesus says this, we all fall short of the glory of God and I want to be the one that makes up the difference. I want to be the one that moves your, your life, your dart from here to your intended destination. See, the thing is, is in the Bible, there's a scripture that says it kind of like this in one of the translations. It says that people without vision cast off all restraint. Here's what that means. That means that people that don't have a vision for their lives, they do whatever they want to do. So why is there parameters and restraints in our lives from God? He's got a vision for your life. And so when there's a vision, it's the intended destination. And we may hit over here, but God goes, that's okay. We all fall short. Let's just move it. Tomorrow, he says this, mercy is new every, every morning. Mercy is new every single morning. So you missed it yesterday. Go to sleep, rest, trust me, and tomorrow we're going to move it closer to the intended destination. So number one, we can't earn God's love. Number two, we all need a Savior. And number three, the last point, the last point of good news of Jesus for today, it's not the last good news, but it's the last point for today, is this, is that Jesus is the difference. Jesus is the difference. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is in this conversation, right, about the law, the Old Testament law. And Jesus makes this statement in Matthew chapter 5. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And here's what Jesus is saying. I didn't come to say that the law doesn't mean anything. It's not important. It's not just. In fact, I believe that the religious leaders, this is me, I believe the religious leaders weren't trying to be malicious or mean when they were put adding laws to the law. I think they were trying to put parameters to keep people in love with God. And so Jesus goes, I'm not trying to abolish that and get rid of it. I'm here to become it. He says this, you can't carry the weight or the burden of the law. You can't fulfill all that. So let me take on all 600 laws. Let me take on all of that, and I'm going to put it on a cross, and I'm going to become that. See, in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, the way that you redeemed something was you offered a sacrifice, and the sacrifice was a pure, spotless lamb. Guess what Jesus is called in the Bible? A pure, spotless lamb. You and I can't pay and carry the burden and the weight of the law. We can't stay within the rules all the time, get it perfect and get it just right. But Jesus says, I want to become that for you. I want to be that sacrifice. I want to be that pure spotless lamb to, to redeem you. And Jesus says this, he says, in fact, I want to take all 600 laws and I want to bring it down to two. Two. The two in Deuteronomy that all 600 were built on is this. Love God, love others. 
Jesus says this, I want to take it all the way back to the beginning, and here's what I want you to focus on. Love God, love others, we'll figure out the rest. It's kind of like basketball, learning it. I was taught, here's the rules, here's what you do and don't do. Now what you do within that, we'll figure out the rest. If you become a great three-point shooter, we'll figure that out. If you become tall and you're a big center, we'll figure that out. Whatever position you play, just do these things and then we'll figure out the rest. Jesus is going, here's what I need you to do. I've got a vision for your life. God's going, i got a vision for your life. I'm giving my son to be the sacrifice to redeem you. Love God, love others, and we will figure out the rest. God's not a killjoy God. Let's go back to John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says, I came to give life and life to the fullest. God's not a killjoy God. God is a God that wants us to live life to the fullest. Our greatest life, our best life now. He wants us to make the best difference for the kingdom of God now. And the way that we do that is we lean into Him. We pray, we worship, we read His word, and we go, God, what are the parameters for me? And when I'm first starting with God, sometimes they'll change. The more mature I get with God, the more mature the parameters become. The more I understand them, the more I love them. And so today, I know you may be sitting out there, and and let me just say this. I know some of you might be like, I'm offended by some of the illustrations you've used, like alcohol and gossip and blah, 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 blah. Can I just be really bold and say this? Good. I'm glad. Here's why I'm glad. Because sometimes we need to be challenged in our thinking so that we can really understand what we believe. I'm not telling you your thoughts are wrong. I'm not telling you your convictions are wrong. What I am telling you is we need to lean into God and go, what are the parameters for my life? James says it like this, work out your own salvation. I need to figure out what I need to stay away from that maybe you don't. What in my eyes need to stay away from and not see that yours, it doesn't matter. What's in my heart that I need to clean out of the inside so that the outside becomes what God needs it to be for influence. See, the truth is today, guys, maybe you're sitting out there today and this whole message You've gone, I just, I've never heard Jesus like this. I've never heard of God like this, and I need to give him my life. I want to submit everything I have to him. I want to give him my life. I don't have it figured out, but now I know that he'll figure it out with me. But I got to start with a relationship. The only thing that you and I have control over with God is this, our acceptance of his love. That's it. And so today, I I know that there's people that are watching this today and you're going, I want to accept God's love. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray. And when I pray, I just want you to pray it with me out loud. Just repeat after me. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our hearts that Jesus is Lord, then we shall be saved. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And I want you to pray this out loud in your living room, in your car, wherever you are. And then afterwards, there's going to be a link that's going to come up. And I'd love to give you some resources if you'd click on that link. But First, let's pray. Father, thank you for loving me. God, thank you for giving Jesus to die on a cross to bridge the gap between me and you. I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Everything I will ever be I want to be with you. I want to love you and I want to love others and I want to figure out the rest of life with you. Change my heart, change my mind and thank you for welcoming me 
into the family of God. Church all across this place, would you put your hands together and shout today because there's some people that gave their life to Jesus this morning. If you did that, I want to know. I want to know who you are. I want to celebrate with you. I want to give you resources. I want to know that you just gave your life to Jesus. Click the link below. Go to that, fill that out, and get some resources that are going to help you in this journey because we want to celebrate with you and we want to resource you. Now, there's some other people as they're going to that link and they're clicking there and letting us know. There's some other people on there that are going, man, I, I've given my life to Jesus, but this is challenging me to think a little bit more. Can I just tell you, good. That's good. That's growth, man. And so what I want to pray over you is this. I just want to pray over us all that as we take this journey of growing with God that never ends and never changes, we're always growing and believing and learning, I just want to pray that God would redeem our minds and cleanse our hearts to be who he wants us to be. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again. Thank you. We're so grateful that we're your kids and you love us. God, let us be people that focus on the inside more than the outside. God, let our outside be clean and redeemed and, and, and reaching people with influence and with love. But God, let the inside be what you want it to be. Develop in us a heart for you. Develop in us a heart for people. God, I pray that our minds today and our hearts today would be challenged and we would grow closer to you and who you want us to be. Help us understand that you give us parameters to enjoy what we're, what we're living today and to make a difference where we are. Influence is expensive, and so God, the higher you call us, the more it's going to cost. And I pray, God, that you would help us realize what it's going to cost and let us pay what we need to pay on our side so that you can do what only you can do on your side. God, we love you. We honor you and we give you this life. And I believe that if we take and apply what we're learning in this series and today and in our word as we read each and every day, God, I believe we're going to change the world through the power of God. Help us do that. In your name we pray. Amen. Radiate, I love you so much. Don't forget to join us this Wednesday night for midweek conversations. We got Pastor Michael Brusicki from Community Church in Virginia. He's gonna be online with us talking about this very topic uh, with me. It's gonna be a great time, I'd love to have you. And don't forget to invite people to join you. 9:30 and 11, this is the greatest time in the world to invite somebody to join you at church. Invite them, watch their lives change, attend church with them, it's gonna be a great time. I love you, I miss you, and I can't wait to see you again Wednesday night and next Sunday. Love you guys, I'll see you later. Let's go change the world, woo! Let's go!